Freight Gang. Freight Gang with Daryl and Steve. It's been a couple weeks, but uh, we're here. We're back. We're strong. We're better. Got more stories. Steve, how you holding it down these days, man? Hey, man, you know it's like March is going crazy right now. Like the best month we've ever had for some reason. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Everybody's like talking like COVID this, COVID that, and we're just out here putting freight already. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think the shift is? Why do you think business is picking up the way it is? I don't know, man. I really can't put my finger on it, to be honest with you. I mean, last year we were able to stay busy with medical equipment and different types of equipment, but this year it just seems like everything's shipping right now and, and businesses are getting back to normal. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, you know? it's kind of maybe playing catch up a little bit these days. I think that's probably what it is. And people coming out the woodworks. I got a lot of customers that said they're starting to see uh, their operations kind of go back to normal outside of the whole office situation and attendance in there, you know. The, yeah, people are still working from home, but yeah. the, the warehouses are functioning now like almost 100%, I think, across the country. So that's helping, you know, like people are finally starting to manufacture and then, you know, all the boats are coming in from overseas. So all those processing orders and right. getting stuff out and then obviously still the online orders are huge and people are buying more and more. I mean, obviously the stimulus checks hit too, so that probably didn't. Yeah, I'm not complaining at all. I promise I'm not complaining. That probably didn't hurt a lot. So, Well, uh, just a couple of deals. We, we, uh, I know we want to talk about everything. We've discussed, you know, spot pricing, a little bit of everything. Let's talk about some of the mistakes that um, these companies, shipping managers, logistic managers, the guys who just think they know it all, really don't matter. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> if I was a shipping manager, these are some of the things that I would want to avoid. You know, just in all our years, I mean, 20-some years that we've been doing it, you know, some of the things that we see every single day that they're making, and they're just simple mistakes sometimes that are easily corrected and that I think our customers would benefit from. And if you're not a customer, maybe you can benefit from simple, as well. Simple, costly mistakes. Right. Yeah, exactly. very costly. Yeah, so like one of them is, you know, just freight that's packaged poorly. I mean, there's people that want to ship stuff on pallets that aren't packed properly, just shrink-wrapped or banded, and they think that it's going to arrive, you know, safely. You had an example of one today that just happened. Or well, something. I have a customer, and a lot of the packing depends on the product as well. If you're shipping a pallet of concrete, depending on what kind of concrete it is, I mean, it could be high-dollar stuff, but what's the likelihood of a pallet of bricks getting damaged? Right. But what's the likelihood of a high-dollar $25,000 copier being damaged right. just on wheels, full of plastic, a bunch of buttons, gadgets, all outside. Customer will spend $25,000 on a piece of equipment and will look for all kinds of ways to cut corners. And save $100 or $200, which is crazy. I mean, you're talking about $25,000 and you're about to have something get damaged that's shipping from California to New York and you want to ship it LTL free. Just shrink wrap, right? right just shrink wrap, and that's it. <laughs> Not even corner boards, no, no cardboard, no, no wood crate, anything. So, you know, that's the number one thing that we see, the biggest mistake that we see is people want to cut corners and, and try to save a couple hundred bucks on freight when really they need to be a little from, bit more From your experience, how do you explain that to a customer that's like, hey, you know, you guys seem a little high on the pricing. I got my guys that could do it for this much. And once you actually do a little bit of background checking to who their guys are, and you have a piece of equipment when it's shipped from the manufacturer brand new to the customer, it's generally crazy. Right. But when it's resold from a seller of this type of equipment, a reseller of this equipment, it's generally, they have to figure out the packing of it. Right, yeah. So a lot of times, from my experience, when I'm speaking with the shipping manager, I actually kind of explain to them, the way it needs to be shipped, how it, how it should be shipped. Now, how they decide to ship it is another story. Right, and you know, we've had experiences like that where a customer will say, well, I don't want to do that. They don't want to spend the money to do what we recommend them to do. Right. And so we'll say, you know, okay, go ahead and use XYZ or use someone else. And then they call us back 
two weeks later and it's damaged. Or they choose to ship it a different way and we say, well, we're not going to be responsible for any insurance or any damage. And, you know, sometimes it gets there okay and sometimes it doesn't, you know. But at the end of the day, we're doing a good job of getting pictures of freight before it ships these days because we want to make sure that it is done right because we don't want stuff to show up damaged for our customers. So, you know, that's the biggest thing. Well, one thing I do in the event of a customer, especially a buyer of equipment, a lot of guys got married. Remember, these guys are just buying equipment. So they're searching around for the best price. He may be in Alabama. There might be an authorized dealer right up the road from him, but he found a deal in California. Yeah. He's got to ship it from California. And he Alabama. doesn't really know like how to ship, so exactly. we have to educate them, obviously. Exactly. That's so the biggest that's, thing. That's the part I generally pay. And it's been working like a charmer lately. He's kind of taking the expert position and explain it to the guy because some of these people they genuinely just don't know right and that's what our job is obviously as a yeah. freight broker you know some people want to complain about freight brokers or say that we're you know charging more than we should but really we take a small percentage to be the experts and make sure that yeah. it's done right so you know the other thing that the next one that i had noted was just ensuring the freight properly you know so many people don't understand what their freight is valued at or how to insure it you know if you're shipping with ltl freight and it's a used piece of equipment you're probably only going to get 50 cents or a dollar per pound if something happens and they don't insure it and then it's $15,000 and they're only getting $200 right. back and it's like you, we have to try to educate them again what they need to be doing and, and how they need to be doing it but if you're listening to this and you have a piece of freight you're trying to ship just know what the liabilities are for the carrier you're working with whether you're working with us or somebody else you need to make sure that you're insuring it properly for the value that you paid for it. So, the value, what was that again? <laughs> right. The value you paid, paid for, for it. Right. So I've, I've actually gotten to a habit of uh, asking the customer that when I quote them. And it, a lot of times when, when it's a quote you come across, you generally just quote it straight back. Um, at the time when they go to book it, what I've been doing here lately is asking them, what did you pay for this equipment? Please yeah. protect yourself. Because some customers are like, okay, well, I can spend hundred bucks for twenty thousand dollars insurance and then become kind of a shady type dude. Right. Um, and you do have those guys in the industry. Yeah. You run across them all the time. For sure. Um, and they develop a reputation throughout the industry. Yeah, people know who they are and they obviously exactly that's one of the things we gotta avoid as well. But you know, just ensure your freight properly. Ask your provider, whether it's us or somebody else, you know, what, what it costs to insure it additionally if it's right. used. If it's new equipment and it's coming from a manufacturer, it's probably covered up to $25 per pound for most LTL carriers. But, you know, if you're shipping used equipment, which is a majority of our customers, just make sure that you're doing it the right Touch way. Touch on the used equipment side, customer shipping, um, and this is a real good point, which I kind of been doing a lot here lately as well. Customer shipping, $30,000 piece of equipment. It's not packed, it's not palletized. Um, obviously, he wants it there in one piece. What are some of the deals that you would suggest to him? Well, obviously, I mean, we specialize in the blanket wrap services right. so that we, we always want to try to promote that as much as we can, but we also want to make sure that we use carriers based on the transit time and how long right. it's going to be in the network. So if you're shipping from California to New Jersey and you want a cheap blanket wrap price, for example, you know, probably getting it on and off the truck multiple times is going to lead itself to more, you know, susceptible damage, you know. Yeah. So, you know, can we go with direct truck? <laughs> you know, you might get damaged, you know. Now, because, prior to that, you said on and off the truck. Right. That's what a lot of buyers don't understand. Right. Is that, um, okay, it takes us four hours to get from here to St. Louis. Realistically, a blanket wrap carrier from here to St. Louis, that's probably going to be, depending on where it's going in St. Louis, it's probably going to be probably up to 10-day transit. Because that equipment's going to go on that truck, come off of that truck, go to another truck, uh, go on another truck, head into another terminal, 
going to another truck. No carriers, no names being provided, <laughs> but there was a deal where we were shipping, there was a, a carrier specifically, and I know you know what I'm talking about. Um, you could pick something up in the southeastern region, and it could be going from Georgia to, uh, to Florida. I know it could actually be going from Alabama to Florida, which are neighboring states. But that company would actually route it all the way through Atlanta first mm -hmm. before it goes. Oh, to we had one example where it, went, <laughs> where it went from Orlando to Atlanta to Miami. So, you know, it got, went the wrong way to go the, the right way. But those are the things that we need to be doing is like, hey, should we move this on a direct truck from yes. Orlando to Miami versus should we go with a, an LTL blanket wrap or an LTL carrier that's going to transload it several different times. So, again, those are things that you can educate yourself for as a, as a shipper or a buyer is that, hey, it's only 200 miles, they're quoting me LTL freight and they're saying it's going to take three or four days. Should I just move it on a direct truck? Because it's probably going to be about the same price, but it's going to get there on one truck direct. You know? right. So those are some of the lead time things that we talk about that a lot of shippers don't think about either. You know, like what's your lead time? What, what do you need it there? Make sure you're telling your providers that you're working with what, what your needs are because they're not going to know that you needed it there yesterday. Right. Right. Yeah, they're going to be like, hey, here's your standard quote, and you pick one, and you're not really even paying attention to what the transit times are. And there's so many times we send our transit times back to our customers when they book it. We always tell them it's going to take, you know, seven to ten days or whatever. And then, like, you know, nine days later, like, where's my freight? Well, we still got another day, you know. Yeah. So they're not really paying attention to what the actual lead times are or what the actual shipping times are. So. I think it's just real, real important to stay as transparent as, transparent as possible with these customers, um, especially if you don't want to take all the, the uh, customer service calls after you've scheduled something. Sure, yeah. Um, Any freight broker out there will tell you that anybody in the transportation companies that we work through or with you know it's like being as transparent as possible upfront as possible as there's as possible. no reason why we should be telling them a, a lie or saying that it's not going to be there because of xyz when it's actually you know abc so right. you know those are some of the things that we try to avoid and, and make sure that we're being um, as transparent as possible so we told you we we're going to give you 10 common mistakes shipping managers make in their freight we've uh, given you like three or four so far but let's go through a few more of these that we know that happen every day and this is the one that absolutely drives me bananas is when a shipper gives the freight to the wrong carrier we clearly told them it's going to be xyz freight company we give them a bill of lading and they still give it to the wrong company because he shows up and he say he's there for a pickup and they don't ask for driver's license they don't ask for you know hey let me look at the truck to see if it's the right carrier they just give a freight to the guy and then they call us like four hours later like hey you know, that carrier's here to pick up. Oh, we gave it to a different carrier. And then we're having to chase it down, get them to go yeah. back. And that, that seems to be so simple to me. And I know some people are shipping hundreds of shipments a day, but most of the people we're dealing with might only be doing one to four or five shipments a day. So it's not that hard to get the right carrier, the right freight, I wouldn't think. You know, yeah. like that, that's we actually ran across something like that today. Uh, um, I had a customer that a lot, of, a lot of times, like you said, a lot of times these companies, they, have, they may have quite a few shipments going on now. Even, or even if it's just three or four of them. Mm -hmm. Realistically, one thing I've noticed that another mistake the shipping managers make is generally roll down from their sales reps that they work with. The sales reps are putting the pressure on them. They've sold the equipment, they're just ready to get it out the door so they can get the money. So a lot of times there's a, there's a breakdown of communication between the rep and the logistics manager to where the logistics manager, he's calling, getting everything scheduled. Um, and you have a carrier shows up and the sales rep just like get out the door. There's so many times where I can see a customer where 
they don't understand the whole routing process where, okay, you have a shipment going to Wisconsin, you have another one going to California. Those are two different areas of the map. Might be you, two different carriers, they could, too. Or, I mean, you could or it could be the same, be the same carrier. It could be the yeah. same carrier, right. but these drivers have different routes. Right. And getting the customer to understand that, they don't understand that. Right. They think they can give it to the <laughs> same guy you know, that shows up with the truck, and they're going to go, oh, all these shipments are going out with this guy today, and that doesn't work for sure. And that's one of the things that... Uh, even labeling the freight properly, and I have a customer right now that I'm actually talking with that they keep not taking old labels off of old crates. Right. You know, and so they keep using the same crate over and over and over again. And so, you know, that's part of the giving the wrong freight to the wrong carrier thing, whereas our driver thinks it's supposed to be going to California, but the label on the freight says Utah. So the guy on the dock puts it on a truck to Utah because now, that's what's And mind the you, the guy on the dock is probably dealing with a lot of stuff in front of him, so he's not. He's just doing quick. He's know, just like doing quick. his job. Yeah. He's really just yeah. doing his job. Right, right. <laughs> he looks at the freight. He sees Utah. He says, okay, it goes on that. Yeah, he's not there, inspecting you know, like, all sides. Like, okay, there's another label that he's hey, not inspecting. Right. You know, that's so. exactly four sides to every crate. And you got one label on one side, and he sees that one and puts it on the wrong truck. So that's always one of the things. So um, another thing that we came up with was, like, incorrect weights. Uh, so many times customers are giving us incorrect weights and dimensions and of the freight. You know, they don't have a scale. I remember that one meme there's a picture of a guy standing on a, a a scale from home and he's holding this big crate and he's like it weighs 150 pounds you know like, <laughs> and it probably weighs like 2000 or something but you know that helps us one get the right carrier but two also get the right rate and so many people don't want to get reclassed or reweighed and so if you can avoid that by giving us and anybody you're working with the right correct information on weights and dimensions that solves a lot of those problems right now with the the way the service is rolling right now and everything is starting i'm starting to see a lot of carriers get back to normal which is a good thing right they were thing, definitely overworking there for a while however though right now a customer right now they send you an email hey steve i've got to get something to uh, I got to get started from Oregon to Chicago. I need them two days. Would you offer them a guaranteed rate or would you offer them a direct truck? Right. right that's now? a good that, that, Right now, that's one of the things you can offer them is a two-day LTL guarantee because they just none do. of the carriers are offering that or even honoring any of that. So if you've got carriers out there charging guaranteed rates, there's only a few of them that are doing it. But most of them are saying, hey, we're not offering that right now. We are overloaded. Even the few that are doing it, it's the luck of the draw. Sure, it is. 50-50-50 chance, really. I mean, you're, you're rolling the dice anytime, but a direct truck on something like that in two days is the only way, really, to, to get it there. And obviously, the weather during the last couple months has been uh, atrocious in the United States, and we've got all sorts of weather delays, which put everybody else behind. Yeah. So, again, being the and that brings us kind of into the next one, which was over-promising and under-delivering, which... I think a lot of our customers and anybody out there that tells their customer it's going to be there in two or three days when realistically it might be four or five and they're, they're shipping almost at the last possible moment because they're running behind in construction or they're late because of part not coming in or whatever the case may be but you know you got to be realistic in the transportation industry right now because everything this whole supply chain is messed up i think we talked about it in yeah. one of our earlier podcasts is that the whole supply chain is kind of still messed up even though it's getting a little bit back to normal the stuff that we used to guarantee going from here to here is not there anymore and not so there. the trucks that want those loads aren't getting them and so then they're not going to end up where we expected them to be so it's a little bit of a you know, understanding what's going on in the market right now. Don't overpromise your customers right now that you're going to get it in two or three days when it might take three or four. What, I, what I've been doing, um, what I've been doing with all of my customers, even inquiries, new customers, anyone, when quoting them, on, when, I, when I quote them on anything now, 
just because I don't like to take the customer service calls to follow up if you don't follow up on something. And, and one thing I realized is that customers, they just honestly, genuinely don't know. So when they call you for a quote, one thing I've been doing, one of the first things I've been doing is I give them a price, but I follow up with another question. Is there a deadline to this to you? know, by Thursday or, or it's time flexible. And I've been kind of taking the initiative to ask them up front, when for them, when does it need to be there? Like, what is the deadline? Are you looking at mm-hmm. the most economical? Because there are a lot of times for customers, they don't disclose that until they send you the booking information. Schedule that. I need this Tuesday at three o'clock. Right. You know, now now you have to go back. If you can just ask that question when quoting them, it'll save yourself a lot of time. Well, it also saves them sometimes. That actually rolls right into the next one, which is the customers that want the lower rates or they want a, a better service, they need to be more flexible. Yes, they do. You know, so many times customers are so rigid on their open and close times or, hey, we don't work Friday afternoons or, you know, hey, I need this picked up today and I need it there tomorrow or whatever, but there's no flexibility. So in this industry, especially if you're trying to get something somewhere, is to be as flexible as possible. And that will help you get better rates, better service overall. So. Break game with Daryl and Steve. We're discussing common mistakes that shipping managers, the customers, the sales reps, um, anyone in the industry. I've never seen anyone in the industry bat a thousand percent. Oh, I don't know. I'm talking about me. I'm pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Ask my wife. I always tell her I don't make very many mistakes. But uh, no, seriously, though, we've already gone over quite a few of them. But if um, everybody in the industry kind of followed some of these rules, it would probably be a lot better off in the whole industry as a general rule to make these happen because our industry is all about speed and especially right now with the digital platforms coming out and all the apps and things like that we've got to get to the market as quick as possible to be able to capitalize on the trucks that are available you know because right now there's not that many trucks available so one of the things that you can do as a shipper or a customer is to make sure you provide all of the information up front um, on the first email because if you tell us that you know you've got XYZ that needs to ship, but you don't tell us where and from, and we gotta ask you back, and then we get another email and another email, or you're on the phone and you're him on it because you don't have all the information. That just slows us down in our, in our game that we play is like speed to the market as quickly, as fast as possible. I literally have a customer, no names, but it's actually <laughs> a pretty decent customer. We started doing, I think we did our first shipment, I don't know, probably October, November last year sometime. The email string he emails all requests on right now. He's still using. I always tell him, like, look, man, you gotta separate the emails. Mm-hmm. We, we we've done about we've done over ten shipments now, and all ten shipments are still in his email string. If I scroll wrong, I'm gonna grab the wrong information. Right. You know exactly. So um, it's real important. I mean, realistically, it's just educating your customers. You know, hey, let me know the ways to DMs up front. Let, when you send this, save yourself some time. Well, that's also funny, though, is the flip side is as we get a customer that says, hey, the shipment's ready now. They give us all the information. We find a truck in an hour, and we call them back like, hey, we got a truck ready to go. And they're like, oh, you know what? It's really not ready. <laughs> <laughs> that happened to me literally three <laughs> times today. I was like, we don't mess around. And it's about speed. It's about getting the trucks as fast as we possibly can. So if you tell us to jump, we're going to be on yeah. it. We're going to be finding the trucks. And if we find the trucks, that's part of going back to the one I just mentioned a minute ago is about being flexible. If you ask me to find a truck, I find you a truck and then you don't book it. What happens? I, I could tell you right up front, a customer can cry wolf. After you've had me look around for a million trucks several different times, 
and you don't book them yeah. when we find them, yeah. I'll stop looking for a trip. Right, definitely. And, that, and I think that happens <laughs> a lot. I'll stop replying to an email. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's one of the <laughs> one of my really good customers for years. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but, you know, I was stopped replying to it because, you know, they weren't booking with us. You know, we were, yeah. we're competing. You know, if you're competing with 10 different brokers and you're, you know, trying to get one load from a customer and it's not really worth the time you know so these customers that are out there working with 10 different people you're really actually causing yourself detriment to being able to cover those loads. You're actually think, driving up your rate. Yeah, that too, because everybody's posting on the same load board and depending on how much XYZ wants to make versus, you know, ABC broker or whatever, when the drivers see that too, they notice that a bunch of people are working on it and if, they're going to... If I'm a driver, I'm going to sit back and just watch the numbers go up. Yeah, exactly. And that's what's <laughs> happening right now. You can definitely see that. So one of the other things that we wanted to touch on was letting your suppliers route the freight. And that goes back to the whole speed thing, because if you're allowing your suppliers to say, hey, I'm going to ship you my pallets or my trucks every week, they're probably maybe even making a little money on the freight, but they're also, you know, not maybe looking out for the best interest of you as a customer. So, you know, you need to make sure you take control of that, work with someone in the freight broker game like ourselves that has technology where you can see all of that incoming freight and you can track it and know when it's coming in. Because I think a lot of people, even now today, it's kind of surprising to me that they don't have that technology and they have no clue where their freight's coming and going and they don't track it every day or pay attention to well, it. Well, technology sometimes is kind of goes just going over people's heads if they're not advancing with the technology. That's true. So if you're setting your, in, in the Stone Age ways and you resisting change, you know, you're going to find follow, follow yourself falling out of eight ball. Especially right now with the way the technology is going, the speed that I was talking about. I mean, if you are asking someone to do it manually nowadays, it's almost too late the trucks are already gonna go, yeah. because there's just not that many trucks. So if you're trying to move 10 pallets from California to New Jersey, and you're not doing it in a, a quick fashion, someone else is gonna do it faster, and yeah. they're gonna take that spot on that truck for that particular day. So that goes into the next one, which is just pricing and overpaying for freight, because people don't understand what they're doing or don't understand the pricing, don't work with someone they can trust. You know, like that's one thing we try to do is educate the customers on everything we've talked about today. We were talking about how we educate the customers and try to get them to, um, you know, get the right service, the right transit, the right whatever. And so that goes back to the same thing like, hey, I've got 10 pallets to ship from California to New Jersey. What's a good price? You know, what do I need to do? That type right. of thing and making sure we're educating them. I think, uh, Again, I, and I've said it a few times, some of these customers genuinely just do not know. So as a rep, I just think it's real important for you to kind of give them the different options. So one thing I do with a lot of new customers, when I'm quoting a customer on a project, even if it's just a pallet, it seems like everyone wants something yesterday. Right. So I quote, right them, I quote them that standard price, but I've also been quoting the expedite a little faster prices, um, partial truckload direct. And a customer right there did in there you'll be surprised when they'll see one price versus another price, how flexible they'll become. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, definitely. When they see that direct price of two days, they're like, ooh, that's a little high. I don't think I can go there. But at the same time, they understand we're looking out for the best interest of them and giving them options to be able to provide a service if they need it to their customer, you know, if they right. promise something to their customer. So, you know, that actually goes into the last one that we want to talk about today, which is lack of communication. You know, making sure that we're communicating everything across the board that we talked about today that 
you can help your customers understand, we can help you understand. Um, everybody in the freight game, it's about communication because the more communication we have, the less mistakes are made, the better the information is that everybody has across the platforms that we're working on. and the faster your freight's going to get delivered, the right. safer your freight's going to get delivered. Don't hide anything. Don't try to be shady because we're all in this together at the same, at the end of the day, we're just trying to get a job done, get the freight where it needs to go, get the products where it's supposed to go. So the customers are happy. Your customers are happy. Our customers are happy, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. like that's one of the things that drives me insane is that just the lack of communication sometimes in the, the details, the right. crossing your T's, dotting your I's, like we always been told when we were kids. But you know, that kind of stuff is the most important thing in our industry. 100%. And it leads to a long-term relationship with the customer too. Yeah. You know, if you're if you if you're educating them on certain deals, it makes they're getting a better understanding of their job because a lot of these shipping managers they just they know how to pack it. Right. But the best way to move it or the most cost-effective or you know, what's going to be best for them. Some of those guys are learning as they, and as a lot they of them are small business owners and they have exactly. two or three people that work for them and they're all kind of trying to just get it, get by and, right. and get it done. And, and so they aren't specialists. That's why you use a freight broker like us is to make sure that we can help you out with that and take that as your, we can basically you're outsourcing your shipping department when, right. you, when you ask us to do it, because we're getting you a quote, we're booking it, we're doing the bill of lading, we're following up with the carriers, we're doing everything that someone in your office might need to do. Right. So that's why we communicate so much like we do and everything's in writing on the emails or you know if we have to do it over the phone following up with an email that kind of thing because we all have to be on the same page in order for it to work 100 percent the right way freight game with daryl and steve i hope you enjoyed the podcast number three like i said it's been a while but we always appreciate it yeah, I hope you uh, enjoyed it, got some information out of it today. We're trying to educate people in the industry, whether you're a freight broker in the industry competing against us or you're a customer or a carrier or someone out there. If you have anything you you know comment on or whatever that we can maybe help you out with in the future, we'd love to have some ideas for future shows. So, at work. Have a good one. Peace.